Worship at Home, Sunday the 28th of August 2022, the 11th Sunday after Trinity. The Bible reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 1 and 7 to 14. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honour, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honour in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host, and the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, Give this person your place. And then, in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to one to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbours in case they may invite you in return, and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The first part of Luke's Gospel, chapter 14, breaks down quite neatly into three parts. After we hear that Jesus arrived on the Sabbath for a meal at the house of a prominent Pharisee, the first part is that he enacts a healing on the Sabbath, which takes place in verses 2 to 6, which is actually omitted in our lectionary uh, reading for today. This is an act that would have taken immediate offence to be working healing on the Sabbath in front of all these prominent religious leaders. So perhaps as this is omitted from our lectionary, we might infer we should move on from this. Not for today do we discuss Jesus, bringer of conflict, Jesus challenging the culture of polite or nice. Why? Because actually our lectionary already did that a couple of weeks ago. So let's move on to the rest of the story and compare what are in fact two separate parables. The first I would like to call the parable of the wedding seating plan. Well, if you're married, you've probably been through it. Where do you sit people at the wedding? And it's not just at weddings. Uh, It's at all sorts of functions, and just as in Jesus' time, it still happens today. This is a parable that lays open what I would call the Gosforth rules. 
Now, you might have another name or another experience of it, but I grew up in a place called Gosforth, the suburb of a northern city, not the village in West Cumbria. As I'm speaking from Cumbria, I should clarify. But I remember my parents discussing their dinner parties. They had a lot of friends and sometimes they would enjoy intimate suppers and friendly things, but other times they held more formal dinner parties, as did others, invariably professionals. And the discussion would often be about who they owed dinner to because they'd already been there to dinner. So they were on the list for being invited back and also who we were going to mix with who. And we can perhaps presume that such a process took place when Jesus was invited here. At this point, of course, the host is probably uh, regretting his decision to invite Jesus. Can you imagine uh, one of a guest at a dinner party uh, pitching up to start discussing the placement of salt on the table in medieval times to show who's more important and who's less? That is effectively what Jesus is doing here. And we should also note in this parable that there is no seating plan as such where everybody comes to their tables. They choose for themselves, uh, which makes it more difficult. I was re re recently, or in fact during my holiday, watching the film Gosford Park, not Gosforth, Gosford Park, uh, a wonderful sort of whodunit and uh, a telling of the upstairs, downstairs culture in the 1920s and in that somebody does get elevated from having sat lower towards the tape to towards the bottom of the table and is moved up the table interestingly not the seating plan at the dinner of upstairs but downstairs where the servants actually replicated the the sort of standing of those they served so this in every age has continued to happen and here is Jesus speaking into it saying if you don't know the seating plan um, be careful where you place yourself um, in terms of your own sense of self-importance. The second parable then goes on where he is addressing it specifically to this uh, probably now slightly alarmed Pharisee who has invited Jesus to the dinner table with them. And this is a parable I would call the parable of radical hospitality. Radical hospitality is hospitality that looks for no reward. It is generous giving. It is unthinking giving because it is right because you are called to do it by God's purpose for us. Jesus is saying here in suggesting that actually the people who should be invited are the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, that we're blessed when in fact we help those where we're not expecting anything in return. Of course, this upends relationships and it helps us see each other through new eyes. Ramsey, my husband and I once exercised this radical hospitality in that we'd, we'd come across a difficult character who um, uh, we, we felt quite angry at the way somebody had actually once behaved uh, on the edges of our church community and decided that rather than go head to head with battle, we thought, actually, this person doesn't know us, doesn't know our children, doesn't know um, really our our beliefs or our structures, 
And so we invited that person for dinner. And it took a certain level of, of understanding on both parts for that person to even accept the invitation to dinner. And it completely changed the relationship. There is, despite the fact there may still be differences in the way we think, a level of understanding that has happened. And more than anything else, I remember particularly my children really, really warming to this person. And that tells me a lot about what they saw on the inside rather than the adult relationship that was going on. So radical hospitality changes relationships. Instead of presupposing who fits in and who fits out, we can try upending that, disrupting it and trying things a different way. Now, both parables should help us understand resurrection living. It's something I've preached on before. We live after the fact of Christ's resurrection and that resurrection upends and disturbs the pattern of human living always. Resurrection, where life conquers death, where light overcomes darkness, where the last become first and where the humble are exalted. So the practice of radical hospitality is something we should all consider and especially now. We're living at a time where the rise in cost of living is affecting everyone. The energy crisis is going to create real, real problems for a majority of people. How do we collectively as a Christian community provide warm spaces, food and fellowship to those most in need? How do we have conversation with all our communities? It's something that I ask you to pray about today and in the coming time. My head is already beginning to pop with ideas, things that I will be discussing with my church councils and leadership team, but this is for all of us to consider. So how does it also affect us personally? Well, whether you've heard from me today um, at church or by email or on Facebook, uh, you will have found uh, I've provided a blank seating plan. It looks like your fairly typical wedding banquet. Now, if you were to fill that in, the typical wedding blank, uh, ban uh, banquet, um, how does it look? You know who traditionally goes on the top table? Who do you put near that top table? Who goes further out in the room? Have a think about that. Have a pray about it as you start to think this. How does it look if you exercise radical uh, hospitality? How does that seating plan change? So I leave you this week with a call to prayer and a call to uh, reflect. And if you haven't been on the Church of Loferness Facebook page, or haven't received this podcast by email, but would like to actually get that seating plan, um, please do contact me. There are details at the end of the podcast on how you can do that. Amen. As we come to pray today, I'm using Susan Sayers' prayers for the 11th Sunday after Trinity under the theme that 
when we live in God's way, both individually and as a community, we will be greatly blessed. So let us pray. As the body constantly breathes, may the church, the body of Christ, constantly pray, breathing God's life into all its members and activities. Amen. As a new week begins in our world, may wrong priorities be challenged and adjusted. May our societies reflect God's concern for righteousness, true justice and responsive love, especially at the time where the cost of living and energy crisis are creating problems for so many, and where across the world those are the least of people's concerns as they face war and tyranny. May all leaders grow in humility, attentive to the needs of those they serve. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we call to mind our loved ones and all who depend on us and those on whom we depend, all with whom we laugh, cry, work or play, cleanse and refresh our relationships and give us greater love, understanding and forgiveness that we can also radically change relationships that challenge us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we think of those who are in prison, locked in cells, or those imprisoned by depression, or bodies that have conditions that don't allow them to function in the way they would choose. We think of those in hospital wards and in accident centres and pray especially for those unable to reach medical help, those on long waiting lists, anxious for dates of operations or distressed by repeated delays. As we think of them all and pray for them all, we bring to mind those we know who are ill at home or in hospital. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we remember the dying and those who love them. As we also remember those whose earthly life has come to an end and we commend them to God's undying love. With love in our hearts for God, our Maker and Redeemer, we choose to walk in his ways through this day and all our days. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And the collect for the 11th Sunday after Trinity. God of glory, the end of our searching, Help us to lay aside all that prevents us from seeking your kingdom and to give all that we have to gain the pearl beyond all price. Through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. So we share in the words that our Saviour taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Worship at Home. If you would like to receive weekly links by email to my podcasts, you can get in touch either through the Anchor Podcast website or email me at revlucylun at btinternet.com. Goodbye.